Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Mayo Kwanzaa Breed. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, after studying theater at Guilford School of Acting, where she participated in school productions of The Secret Garden, Hair, Cats, and more, she got cast as Catherine Parr on the 6 UK tour and went on to make her Weston debut as Catherine in the original Weston cast of Six. She recently starred as Mimi in Hope Mill Theater's production of Rent and make sure to look out for her singing on The Cases, a new musical album, which drops soon. Please welcome Mayo Kwanzaa Breed. How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. I just got back from moving out of an apartment in LA. Oh, wow. For the time being, but because times are so crazy, you know? Yeah. But I was interested in moving. I know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, speaking of times being crazy, how has this like affected you during this time? Because you're in theater and it's affected the theater industry a lot. Yeah, like it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's been crazy, but... I know, I know it'll be fine. Like, I know we'll, like, come back bigger and better. But it's obviously just, like, the in-between bit. Like, it's, oh, we get to do a little bit of a job, but then, like, it comes to a standstill because, obviously, COVID. And so it's just upsetting. And, obviously, like, everyone can't wait to get back to it. But, obviously, I understand we have to stay safe and, and yeah. protect each other and stuff. But um, we're all like this to get back on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I like that to see people on stage again and perform like again yeah I have yet to see six. Oh I, no way <laughs> I was planning to go out and see it in New York like this year this past year and then yeah. everything happened and I was like yeah oh. but I wouldn't even be mad about it because the night like it closed like the night it was supposed to open like they didn't even get to go up so which is oh. such a shame like I remember hearing about it because I was on holiday at the time I was so gutted for them. I know it was like it was awful. It was oh. just this like that's what the, I think. The, what, the worst thing about the pandemic has been so unforgiving. I think that's that's why it's been so hard because it just seems to take, 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 and it gives a little bit, and it takes again, and you're like, oh, do you know what I mean? So that is it is a shame. Yeah, I know people who are always supposed to understudy or all the day that it you yeah, know exactly like. Same happened to my friend. He was supposed to go on for one of his covers the first time he was ever supposed to get on. All of his family came to watch him and and then they got told like 20 minutes before they were going on that like, we can't go, like everywhere's closed, the, the West End's closed, you can't go on. And he just all of his family travelled to come and see him. That's heartbreaking. I know, awful. Just well, awful. I want to talk about something a little more exciting. Yes. <laughs> Have you always known that you wanted to be a theater performer and like entertain people for a living um that is a good question I didn't when I was younger like I remember when I was like started singing and stuff and family members and friends and like friends of friends and all that would be like oh you need to go on X Factor or you, you, you need to go on Britain's Got Talent or get on The Voice and I just wasn't interested like I remember just being like, no, that's not what I want to do. But at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, I was, like, five. So, like, do you know what I mean? I was like, I want to be a designer. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and it wasn't until I got, like, a little bit older and when, like, I started to realise that I could hold a tune and I could sing, that I'd, I, I wanted to do something with it, but I just didn't know what because I really didn't want to do, like, X Factor or anything like that. It wasn't – it's not the path I wanted to take. I don't – nothing on the people who do, fair do's, you do yeah. you, but it just wasn't for me. Um, and it wasn't until I got older and then like I started like 
seeing theatre and um, I had a singing teacher who like put on like these little like shows type thing and I did those with her and I really enjoyed them but I still I don't think I was still fully convinced that like that was what I wanted to do um, and then I think it was like when I was like 12 I think yeah I think I was 12 and that's when it was the first moment I was like I, that's what I want to do like because um, I saw Kerry Ellis doing Nancy and, oh. that, and that made me want to do musical theatre after watching Oliver so after then I like made all the steps from being like 13 to like try and get in try and get into doing training and stuff but I I, I also was like a, a late starter or a slow burner because I didn't start like disciplined dance until I was 16 so when I went to college I was surrounded by people who danced the whole lives and I started from nowhere I had no wow. discipline training um other than like I did like a couple of dance classes I did like a couple of ballroom classes when I was younger because my friend used to do ballroom dancing and and like I went to gymnastics for about three weeks when I was five like I, I like I could like move but I wasn't a, a dancer do you mean I'd never done tap ballet jazz um so it just wasn't under my belt so it wasn't until I got older that I actually started and and to answer that, that this is completely diverging off but like people ask me like is is am I too old to start well no you're not too old to start because I started at 16 and that so that's only what seven years ago and I've achieved a lot in seven years and I feel I've come on leaps and bounds in my dance never having danced before so I think it's it's completely up to you when you want to start like there's no there's no age <laughs> you just gotta put your mind to it and work really hard and obviously you've done that and it's helped you out because you've had so much success over just a short period of time. And I feel like all that time was just like right after you finished school. It was. What do you think helped you grow into becoming a well-rounded theater performer besides like the like perseverance and like the, like you obviously wanted to do it and you, you had, you made yourself work hard for it. Yeah, I think when I was like 16, I was like bright eyed and bushy tailed and, and very like hungry. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'm not the type of person who like lets myself slip behind because of my ability. So I was like, if you want to be good at something, I'm going to have to put the work into it. Like I'm not just going to wake up one day and like I remember my friend called Michael Byers but he's now called Michael Anderson um he was like one of the most incredible dancers I've ever seen but he's come out the womb dancing and be, be and you know what the best thing for me is being surrounded by people like that who were amazing at performing and dancing I also had a friend um called Thea um and she just was the most incredible like expressive dance like the way she moved and I was like so confused how one can move the body in that way and emote so well so I feel like having those people around me really forced me to be like right I need to pick up myself dust myself off and really work hard here because if I want to get up to their standard or or even be remotely as good as them I'm gonna have to really work my bum off um and I'd like to say I did because I used to stay after college like every day and be practicing tap and practicing jazz and doing ballet at the bar and and when I got to college or well, say when I, when I got to drama school like I took like um after uh, I thought it was it extracurricular jazz and I know it was an extracurricular tap and extracurricular ballet because I remember when I was in um first year I got put in like bottom set ballet even though I'd done like ballet two years before and I was like really annoyed by it and I was like do you know what I might be you know I was like I'm not gonna get myself angry I'm just gonna prove them wrong 
and I remember by the end of that year when I'd done I'd done all my extracurricular ballet and I'd like really worked hard in ballet and not that I'm gonna be a ballerina but like just for technique and I remember the teachers being like that you really did prove us wrong and I was like never underestimate me um yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah it's yeah I just was hungry and was not letting myself fall to behind um I always was like no we, I have to if I want to go up to a certain standard then the only person who's going to get me there is me not somebody else so well I saw you did cats during school too and that has a lot of dancing in it so obviously <laughs> you picked up that dancing pretty quick that was one of the most amazing experiences you know like when we got told we were doing that we all oh we were terrified just because like when word gets out it's like oh GSA is not a dancer school like like why is GSA doing cats and and I feel like we proved those people wrong as well even people at GSA that were doubters too I feel like we proved them wrong because it was so seen as like an actor singer school but like I think we were the year that made them be like wow no that people at GSA can dance like we did cats like people can dance and it was the one of those amazing experiences there is no better feeling I kid you not I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's, um, oh, what's it called? There's that like, each section has a name. And right at the end of the Jellicle Ball, um, you stand there and you go, oh, there is no other feeling like that. Like, honestly, it was, I mean, even Goose was talking about it, it was electric, like, I've never been more tired, honestly. It was knackering. And we weren't even singing at the same time. It was so full on. But what an experience. What an experience. Just the music in that show. Yeah, it's oh it, and I'd never really like not say been interested in cats, but never really looked at cats before. Never really like paid it much attention until I did it. And I was like, this show is unreal. The score, the music, the dancing everything and when you see it like on a big scale too it's also like the lights the sets the everything yeah, and I, I really wish I got to see it live I wish I got to see it when it was on stage because I was mesmerized after we did it I was buzzing over cats <laughs> I mean it, it's an incredible show did you do your own makeup for it too Yes, but we didn't, we weren't allowed to do obviously like the original makeup and like original costumes for copyright and stuff. However, we did get to do um, the original choreography because um, Chrissy Cartwright, who was, is like literally right hand man to Gillian Lynn, um, or right hand woman. Um, and uh, she came in and taught us all the choreography and obviously tweaked the bits where like we, you needed someone who could do about 500 backflips and obviously we didn't, we weren't acrobatics. And the thing is, well, obviously when they cast cats, they cast people specifically for roles and we were just, you know, taking on everything. Um, so she came in and and that was the, the original bit that we got to do, which was incredible. But the makeup, we had to like, kind of like make it up ourselves type thing. It was a bit of a trial and error with the makeup. I'm not gonna lie. We had some makeups that were probably questionable at the beginning of the week. And then like by the end of the week, we'd all like perfected our looks. Um, but at the beginning of the week, because we've never like done cat makeup before, it was a, like, we all came out looking like dogs or badgers or just, we're just not like, cause we weren't allowed to copy the original makeup. Yeah. Um, but also we, we can't just go on with a cat nose and whiskers and a couple of dots like that's not a cat um so yeah we had to like kind of we got we got like a chart 
our line, we, we got a chart from um, like the people who made our costumes and stuff to be like, this is what your makeup will look like alongside your costume. Um, so we kind of had that to go, but it wasn't exactly like the um, catness of it. It was like, for example, my ca- uh, character was um, Exotica, she was called. And um, my like signature thing was I had like a big red scar that kind of went like this and I had Look. one that kind of like came up this side of my face. I think it was this side of my face. Um, they, but there was one here and like one here and that was like my thing, but they didn't give me like the actual like breakdown of the face. So I just made it up. <laughs> I think I did a good job though. <laughs> I mean, and you can put that on your resume now. Can do, yeah, exactly. can do cat makeup <laughs> or stage makeup of any kind probably. Yeah, like I didn't realize like how well you have to apply it. Like, thank God I don't really sweat in the face. But if I did, it would literally just be like much like down the face. <laughs> I do they like do you keep it from like doing that with like powder? I guess yeah, so the 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 actual routine I did was powder. Start the face. Start you like face makeup. Powder again. Go over it. Powder again and then put the rest of your face on, powder it again. So you'd powder about three or four times, five times. And if you sweated more, then you had to like really set your face. Um, so I even used like, I used like the strongest setting spray afterwards. I dabbed like more powder on my face. If I ever got like two seconds off stage, I'd run upstairs to the dressing room, pat my face again, run back down. Um, not that, cause I didn't really sweat loads in the face, but if it did, like you just got a little bit shiny. So the place that you got shiny, and you would bake that was another thing not just powdering but baking in powder and you'd sit I'd probably used to go into the the dressing room probably two hours before just to bake for an hour to before we went on stage just so like but it does like matte out your makeup a little bit so I'd have to like reapply the makeup and then matte it again so it's more more vibrant you know what I mean so it's like layers and layers to get that off oh gosh that's crazy I'm sure that show in school helped you jumpstart your career a lot but what yeah. other show besides Cats that you did in school do you think helped you with your career and helped your career take off post-college and post-school the most? Um, I would say hair. Um, I feel like, because hair was the one we did before Cats and um, that was called our, uh, what was it called? Our Black Box musical or our, know what would they call it now? There's a name for it. It was the... In like the small... Yeah, it was like a smaller production. Sorry, Black Box was in second year, but this one was the, oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. But we had like a smaller theatre at GSA. It was like more like a studio and they'd like make it into the theatre. So obviously it had all the, the like lights and everything. However, that space was very, uh, what's the word? Versatile. It was a versatile space. Yeah. But it didn't sit as many as, say, the the bigger theatre, the Ivy. Um, and... That smaller show was the one where I got to play, um, oh God, what was she called now? I can't even remember her name, that's terrible. (laughs) Ronnie, I played Ronnie. So in like the original, like way back when the original hair, um, there was obviously way more tribe members. And as the the years went on, the tribe, that they like selected tribe members and there's now not as many, but because obviously, when you split a year in half, we, you had to cast everyone. So everyone got like the yeah. tribe members name suit from when it was OG. And Ronnie was the one that sang Aquarius like back in the day. So it was, um, wasn't was Dion, it was uh, Ronnie. So I played Ronnie. Oh my gosh. And I feel like that was my like moment to shine because I didn't really get like cast in like the lead roles at GSA. I wasn't one that got 
all the lead roles and got notoriety and things like that. I just kind of like did my work, got on with what I was doing and had a great time while doing it. Um, That's <laughs> and uh, I just, yeah, that I feel like that was the first moment that I really like sunk my teeth into something at, at, when I was at GSA. And it was really nice um, because I'd never felt before, like I didn't realize until now I'd left that like that was my first like I'm gonna sink my teeth into this character type thing and I got to play an instrument and I've not done that in years so I relearned an instrument for it so it was it really like gave me a spark back do you know what I mean and and that was when I, I got like quite a lot of in, agent interest after I did that so that was the one way it kind of made me go like yeah I put myself on the map with that and it was so much fun like I oh my gosh I loved doing hair I loved it it was so good I was going to say, I love that you said that you didn't get a lot of lead roles in school because like you're, because like that's also inspiration for people watching that like, even if they don't get the lead roles in their school right now, then they can, yeah. that they can still go on to do great 100%. things. 100%. One of my, I, cause I was recently me, me and Rent in uh, Manchester and one of my friends, one of my really good friends, Luke watched it and he sent me the most, the most gorgeous message, but he was just like, it was so nice for for like everyone to see how amazing you are because I didn't we didn't get that opportunity at GSA. He was like, I never really felt that you got given the opportunity to act. And he was like, you're a really good actor. And and for me to someone close to me to say that, I was like, do you know what? Thank you so much. That really does mean a lot to me because it just shows that like even if you're not at the top of the heap when you're at college or when you're at university or whatever doesn't mean you're not gonna be when you get out into your field of work and I'm not saying that like I've, I've smashed it and I'm do you know what I mean but it's so nice that I'm, I actually am finally able to showcase what I can do um and I never ever ever believed that when I was going to come out of like training and studying that I would go into lead roles and be in the West End straight after graduating and get all these nomination I didn't know that was going to happen that wasn't in that wasn't in my forefront and maybe I should aspire more for myself <laughs> maybe I should think higher more higher of myself but I just don't and it's not and it's not even that I'm not like I don't dream of things and I don't think oh I want to achieve that it's just I don't ever think these things are going to happen to me and they do and I'm like what <laughs> and that's what happened with six like and that's what's happened since I've been, I've managed to land on my feet and I'm like, how is this happening? Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. Um, but like, like you said, just because you don't get them at, while you're in training or while you're studying or whatever, doesn't mean it's not going to happen when you're out in the world. It, it's not a reflection. Yeah, exactly. So were you still in college when Six was doing Off West End? So um, my friend Renee, yeah um arrogant on the like the workshop version when when i was still at gsa and i was in i think it was the, the last no it was the it was the first semester of my third year sorry um but i didn't get to see it because they did it around december time and it's the last like two weeks of gsa so we we had rehearsals so i couldn't get into london to see her do it um because we were rehearsing every night till six and then by the time you get a train the show starts at half seven you, you don't make it because yeah. you gotta get trained from guildford so I didn't never got to see it. So I didn't know what this show was about. And then I got an audition through in like, I think it was the April. Um, 
I just I just got on holiday I remember and I came back and then I got this audition for six the musical and I was like what is this but I was still at GSA at that point because this is the point in third year where like you do start okay. auditioning for things and people start getting jobs or people have not left but people have like gone at that point to do a job and they come back and do the showcase or whatever um and it was April that I got that audition through so I did my first audition just a song um and I was just like, I have no idea what this musical's about. And it wasn't until I got like the proper like breakdown, I was like, still don't know what this musical's about. Like, but obviously now I know everything about it. Yeah, um, But I'm obviously so grateful for Six and my journey and the people I met. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Did you, what was your reaction when you heard that you got the role? And did you audition for any other Six Queens besides Catherine Parr? So when I first auditioned, I got put in, well, you get like, when you recalled, you get obviously who they're going to put you up for. Um, because at that time, obviously they've not, they've not got a cast of people. It's not so much that you can just audition for one part. It was, we only, we have, because obviously um, Amy and Nat were obviously in it at that time. We didn't know they were going to be in it until like later, later rounds. Um, but obviously they were auditioning for Aragon, Berlin, um, Parr, Berlin, Cleves, um, and I got put in for Berlin, Cleves, and Parr, um, and yeah, and did them all. And but I think I, I probably connected more to Parr, not like subconsciously, not like on purpose. But looking back now, I probably connected more to Parr, and that's probably obviously why I ended up with Parr. But I'm just not Berlin or not Cleves. Like looking at Lexi and Millie, like can you imagine? Anybody else being them, like, when I was in it? Like, absolutely not. It's just not, it's a myth. Um, and, yeah, I was so happy. Like, I was really happy. But I, I was auditioning for Motown at the same time. And I remember getting the note. I, I, I even got six. I still, I had six. I found out I got it on the Tuesday. And on the Friday, I got told a no from Motown. And I was gutted. Like, I was so upset. And, I, and it, it just... It, like I've said it before and I'll say it again even if you do have a yes the no still hurt like the rejection still really yeah. hurts. that was like my first like not that I've not had rejection before then because obviously I'd had auditions and not got any further but this was like okay we're putting you on like hold which is kind of like a we're going to see like where to put you type thing and then I got told a no and that hurt even though I already had yeah, a job yeah. but that was obviously a blessing in disguise and I just didn't see it at the time. I didn't see that like Motown was not my path. Six what? So I'm so grateful that I didn't get it. Cause that, and then that's what I mean, like that's the saying of everything happens for a reason. It really, really does because that, that no happened for a reason because if I was in Motown and didn't do six, I well like yeah. now, not saying I wouldn't have been, not when I would have succeeded through Motown, but my career would have been completely different up until this point. How crazy was it to basically pack up bags right after college and go on tour with six? Well, I can tell you my mum was fuming because I took all my stuff from my house for three years and moved it into my mum's house and said, see ya. <laughs> she was livid <laughs> because obviously I had nowhere else. I was going on tour so and I had to move out of my house in uh, Guildford. So I was like, so all my stuff went to my mum's house. It took over the living room up until about two years ago. <gasps> um, 
I know she was like, can you come and move your stuff now? Finally, now that I've officially got my own house, that I've oh, finally taken my stuff with me. She's fuming. Um, but yeah, that was mental because obviously I've never done a tour before. And I'm so glad of it, that it was the length it was because I think if it was any longer, I'd be ripping my hair out. Like six months for me, I think was long enough because you are constantly living out of a suitcase. Yeah. Um, and we were lucky because we did get like breaks in between but you are fully living out of a suitcase and you, you're always like, oh, I wish I brought that or, and you always overpack and can't bother with that. Like, um, but it was so much fun because I'm such a travel bird. Like I love to see different places, even just places around the UK. So if I didn't get to go on tour, I wouldn't have got to see as many places as I did. Like I got to spend a month in Edinburgh. I would have never done that before. And I got to see so much of the Edinburgh Fringe. I've never been and being able to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe and going to see things. And I just, I just loved it. And I really enjoyed tour. Like six months of tour. Yes, probably any more than that. I'd be like, I don't want to tour anymore. Um, but yeah, I did. I really enjoyed tour. And with tours, I've heard that you have to like learn how to keep yourself healthy and keep your voice healthy more so on tours than when you're staying in place. So I learned the hardest way possible and I will never make that mistake ever again of I just was so excited for me is the wrong word but like so full of energy all the time and I would give a hundred percent every single time I went on stage and that really came to bite me on the bum about two months in I got really poorly when I was on tour and I was poorly for the remainder of the tour. Um, And that was like a big eye opener of like, you can't burn your candle at both ends. You really, really can't. And you need to be able to make your your 70% look like 100%. And it's the only way it's going to carry you through. Like, don't get me wrong, you can give some shows 100%, but you cannot keep that up eight, nine, 10 times a week plus doing press plus traveling across the UK plus trying to get sleep trying to eat trying to because when you're touring every venue that you go to you have to do a get in you have to do a tech and you have to do a, a dress run and you it's so much it's that's not how you work in the west end like you do your tech you do your dress run and then you do your your previews and then you're open whereas on tour it's every single venue you go to and if you're changing say week by week it's tough it is so tough. Um, and that's the part they don't tell you that it's not easy because you're working in the day and then you're working at night and then you, and it's just a repetitive cycle of you're not getting sleep. You're probably not getting time to probably eat properly. If you're dancing around on stage, you don't want to eat a big meal before you go on. So you have a snack and it's like that for ages. And I, oh gosh, I learned the hard way. And even when I got into the West End, I was like, I'm never making that mistake ever again. I'm, I'm fully gonna give myself the the love and attention and care that I need because I suffered on tour I really suffered on tour <laughs> I, I would probably be sick for like the whole six months if yeah, I, was, went on a tour. I was good for like July August and it got to September and I got um uh, labyrinthitis which is an ear infection oh my god no and more. then I got vertigo from having la- labyrinthitis and then I got a bladder infection and then I got, and I, it was just horrific. Any itis that you could have, I got it. I got it. Every single one of them, I got it. And I was just so fed up and so, but like I was worn out. I was really worn out. And um, I remember I said to my mom, I was like, I need to go to doctors. I don't know what's wrong with me. And she, she took me and they were like, your body is under so much stress that like, if you carry on this way, 
you won't make it to the end of your tour and I was like oh really God. God. <laughs> yeah and they were like you really need to like nip it in the bud now um but that having vertigo if you've ever had vertigo oh my gosh I don't wish it on my worst enemy it is the it is the worst the worst oh my yeah. I, I still have some I still have it now sometimes because it like it messes up with your ears it's really bad oh I, yeah I can imagine I I well I don't want to imagine but I can't imagine don't imagine don't imagine <laughs> I can't imagine but I don't want to so when was the point during the tour when you realized that six was going to be huge and was going to be around for probably a while it wasn't really the tour actually I think no to be fair when we were in Edinburgh like it blew up there I remember like the first performance we did in Edinburgh we had like six people in the audience it was hilarious and then like a couple of shows after that it was like sold out no one could get a ticket it was like beg borrow steal for a ticket we sold out every single night there was never a seat like free and I was like wow like this is a good musical you know like I think people like it and then it wasn't until like, I think we got to the West End, like when we did like our second, say second transfer, cause obviously we did um, the West End when we were on tour. Um, and then when we moved to the West End for like the West End contract, I think it was around like the February time, maybe March time. I think it was around like when we did the What's On Stage Awards that I, I remember turning around to the girls and I was saying, don't know what's in the water, but something's happened. Something has changed. And it just seemed to, go wild like stage door was rammed and you couldn't get out at night and you end up being at stage door for like an extra half an hour to an hour after you'd finished the show and I was never off my phone because I was getting so many messages and I was over thinking when did this happen like when what, what happened like we've been yeah. doing the same show and all of a sudden it just blew up like it proper blew up and I was just like wow this is a this is a good show I talked to Amy and she said it was like you all were the Spice Girls. Yeah, it was like we were like a girl band. I just remember thinking, and yeah, it was wild. It was wild. <laughs> That's crazy. So I have to know, did your portrayal of Catherine change at all from the tour to West End? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um because there was parts of the script that changed and stuff and it and that did give like a different side to Catherine and gave a different intention to her journey um so I'd definitely say the way I played her at the beginning is completely different to how I ended um and also thank god I did because I was if I look back on it I'll be like oh my god that's terrible that's the worst acting I've ever seen um (laughs) So, yeah, but you do, you just grow with a character. Um, and obviously, the longer you play it and the more you, you, the more you do it, you, you do, you, I, I, you leave a part of yourself with the character, but um, you definitely do change things and you find different things as time goes on that you maybe didn't see at the beginning because obviously you're so hell-bent on learning the choreography and learning songs and le- trying to get everything right that you're probably not implementing everything so it does it does take a while and obviously when the dust settles you're like wow I'm, I'm in it now and there's speaking of choreography you were saying earlier that you started with dance later mm. and there's some choreography in six i tell you now. now i struggled like i'm not even kidding you i struggled and thank god carrie Anne is my spirit animal and we get on so well because she was so patient with me because 
there was, I remember there was one specific um, choreography day and I remember it was a Wednesday and I just remember I stood and I just, she looked me in the face. I had tears in my eyes and I said, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, go home, obviously decompress, let yourself. And I remember I got to the train station and I rang my mom and I had a meltdown, a proper, proper, like near enough wailing on the platform kind of cry. People were staring at me because I was like, ah! <laughs> crying over choreography. If I look back now, like obviously, I, I obviously had other things going on at the same time. So we obviously learned all the songs, learned the, the, so it was just, everything was on top of me at once. I remember I had like, like self tapes and something else to do as well. And I was just so stressed out. And I did, I stood there and I, I've not thought about that in a very long time actually, but I cried like some serious sobs on this train platform. And the next day I got up and I was just thinking, right, here we go, let's just do it. And once I got that out of my system, I just kind of picked myself up, dust myself off and carried on. Um, Cause I really did struggle with the choreography. I found it really hard because I just, I've never danced like that before. Not, I'm not like I had rhythm, but I've never danced like that before. And I think when I finally got it under a belt, I was absolutely fine. Like I was, I was absolutely fine. I was like, I don't know why I stressed myself out so much over it. Um, but yeah, the choreography, it's changed so much in comparison to what it was right at the beginning. Um, it's still hard, still hard, but it was really hard back in the day. Really, like we had like, Carry On had to make it simpler because we couldn't sing at the same time. Yeah, that's hard to sing and dance at the same time. And it, like, even if the choreography is easy, you're like doing two things at once. Yeah, I like ex-wives, I kid you not, is like a marathon. It is the hardest number. It is... If you're not fit, oh my gosh. I remember when I got asked to go back to six and obviously I've not done it in like three months. Oh, barely even do it. I was so out of breath. It's hard and you don't realize how much stamina you lose. Like if someone asked me to do ex-wives now, I'd have to tell you to bugger off because I won't be able to do it. <laughs> Honestly, so it's, ex-wives is tough because it's relentless because you have ex-wives, then you go straight into ex-wives for pre's and then you go into, um, no way then you go into the one you've been waiting for it's just the beginning of the show is so hard and it's just hard. 90 minutes straight no intermission mm. so that's even crazier yeah i think we counted it once i think you leave we think we leave the stage for 30 seconds and if you play cleave yeah. you actually never leave the stage until like right near the end where um we have we go off like right at the end of um all you want to do that's the first time Cleves leaves the stage and oh. it's literally for no more than 20 seconds so probably in all you get about 30 seconds 50 seconds off stage in 75 minutes to like collect yourself yeah that's, yeah. that's we, we used to say all. we used to say it's like getting on a train or getting on a roller coaster and you can't get off until it's exactly. finished like you, you don't get off you just have to do the journey <laughs> yep keep going keep going keep going yeah. So do you remember the day you made your Western debut and what was going through your mind that day? I was so scared. Like, cause it's something that I'd dreamed about for so long and thing that you think about, but I never thought it was going to happen. I was like, oh, it's, it's never going to happen to me. So I was so excited. And I just remember being so overwhelmed because it didn't even really feel like opening because we'd done, like we'd obviously already opened the show like in Norwich. So that, like obviously I was, petrified for that but I was petrified for the West End but 
because we'd done like previews beforehand when it actually came to opening night I was like as if we're opening tonight it was it was that very much surreal feeling um but yeah what a night that was the party afterwards was amazing as well <laughs> I yes that's the always the best part parties and food and everything yeah. that comes with the parties yeah absolutely and everyone's celebrating you making your western debut and it's just yeah, my, my, my mom and my godmother came with me um like i gave them my tickets for the, the press night and um anyway i went to the after party afterwards and we just had the best night it was just so much fun they were probably like crying in the audience watching you on stage. <laughs> no, never, never. <laughs> they they just hid it from you really well. <laughs> they secretly were. <laughs> so, what kind of research goes into playing a role like Catherine Parr? That's like, like in the show. I know they the characters kind of change a little bit from like history hmm. because like they form a girl group, and obviously that didn't happen in history. Yeah. But, you still probably had to do research for the role. So. Yeah, we had a very, like, I want to say extensive, like, rehearsal research period because, obviously, we had to remember that these names are, are real women. They're not yeah. just characters. They're not a character. They're real people. Um, so, the, and there is a lot of weight carrying that as well because you are playing a real person. Even though we're playing a persona, obviously, I'm playing a persona of Catherine Parr because I'm... I'm trying to be a, a girl from a girl band as well. Do you know what I mean? So it is it, it is different, but it was very extensive. We did have to do a lot of research into the real life queens and what it was really like to live 500 years ago um, and what it was like for women. Um, and yeah, we, I remember watching a, a documentary, a lady called Lucy Worsley, did these um like a three or four part series about the queens and that was and it was so coincidental because that like came out at the exact same time we started rehearsals so i'm just finishing rehearsals one day and like going home and like watching the whole series but they're really really good and um really what's the word informative and you learn a lot that you wouldn't just learn just reading on wikipedia or whatever um yeah and, and their lives are really interesting so Obviously, when it comes to actually playing her on stage, you had to just take, like, I'd say her personality features rather than pretend to be her, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because obviously you have to honour Catherine Parr, you have to honour the person, but ultimately I was inspired by Alicia Keys. So, like, do you know what I mean? Um, so you have to say true, you stay true to the person, but to a certain degree. Yeah, and how do you think the song I Don't Need Your Love was like can like helps the audience understand Catherine and her journey? Because like that's such a deep song, mm. I feel like. Well, speaking to Toby about I Don't Need Your Love, he actually wrote I Don't Need Your Love way before six. He wrote it as like a standalone song. Um and like bits of he wrote like the first bit and then when the like were like, Oh, we wanna put it in the musical, we wanna make it Catherine Parr song yeah. that's when they added the whole like I was a writer I got all, all those bits at the end that actually like link it back to her life the bit before um they obviously like made they rewrote and rewrote and made it fit in with Catherine Parr and stuff but it was a standalone song beforehand and I was like oh my gosh no way um but 
it's it's the bit in the other than Heart of Stone, it is the other bit in the show where it where the, the atmosphere kind of goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's obviously because it's right near the end. It's scary. It is. It isn't like scary singing that song because obviously people wait sixty minutes to see you sing it, and and you you have to live up to the expectation of the musical because obviously it's amazing up until that point. And it's like oh god, it is scary because it, it does bring like obviously the atmosphere down, not in a bad way, but it just makes you like center in on the story. I mean, obviously, I think that's definitely why it's there because it goes woof again with a I don't need your love yeah. whoa, whoa, in the, the reprise. So. Um, but like in terms of like it like relating to Catherine, like I think it I think it's the perfect song for her because it shows her like softer, more vulnerable side and her more like, okay, I understand my duty and understand what I need to do here and her methodical thinking. But then it also shows her defiance, her strength, her, her the feistiness that she's got inside of her towards the end of it. So I think it's a per it's the perfect song for that character. It's the perfect placement for the song as well um yeah it's just a banger <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say it's such like like it it's a, an empowerment song even though it like it's not like the upbeat song it's still an empowerment song very much so it might be one of the most empowering songs in the musical I think yeah I agree because it's like you don't need anyone <laughs> yeah like I don't need your love it is kind of like it is that message of like I don't I don't need your love like I just need me <laughs> yes what's your favorite song besides that song in the musical no way <gasps> okay yeah I really like no way yes I can I can get I can get on with that what what song has the hardest choreography I'm curious okay um Hardest choreography for me back in the day that I really struggled with was Don't Lose Your Head because it was really like, like, really like fiddly. But in terms of like stamina, um, all I want to do, um, all you want to do, all I want to do, what, all you want to do, all you want to do, oh, there yeah. you go. Um, that for the length of it, because it's seven and a half minutes and obviously it's right near the end. For, like me as a, as Catherine Parr, I've already done up to that point and then I've got to slow it down and do a, a ballad and and then try and pick it up again, do you know what I mean? So that was, I used to find, oh, you want to do really difficult because it was so long. Um, and each time you did it, like a little bit yeah. of it would change. So like, it was all very rep repetitive choreography, but like a tiny bit of it would change, like the way you'd face would be different or like the way you'd touch would be different or, so you had to remember all these little, little things so that I used to find that difficult just because of its length. Yeah. Like that, yeah. And then the fact that I used to have to come on like, I don't need, I don't need your love. No, no. I'd be well out of breath. <laughs> and trying to trying to save your breath for and your yeah. voice for your song. For your yeah, obviously once I got fitter, like it wasn't a problem. I could do that with my eyes closed and then sing my song full pelt and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Gosh, I'm trouble still that fit. I'm no longer that fit. <laughs> I I mean, I don't believe but <laughs> no I've contended with the pandemic I'm definitely not that fit anymore <laughs> uh, okay okay fair but none of us are oh thank god <laughs> none of us are <laughs> so we're all at the same level <laughs> yeah <laughs> so six had a lot of memorable moments probably for you because like you got award nominations and you got to perform at like on tv probably in shows what was the most memorable part of being part of that cast for you? Oh, there's so many. Like, you've probably 
heard of them all, but like the Olivier's probably is one of them, definitely. Um, but even for me, I think the sing-along, that, the first sing-along that we did was just epic. Like I've never, ever come off stage feeling like that. I can't even explain what it was like. If I could bottle that feeling and drink it on a daily, oof, I could probably save the world, honestly. Like it was just some other feeling. And then another one was our final show. Our last show that we all ever did together. Oh, that was just something else. It really, really wasn't. Even though I've I've gone back and done it since to help with illness and for nothing, it the show never will never feel like that again. Never ever ever feel like that again. Um and it really was like a chapter closer, but it was just that the like we all went out with like such a bang. Like such a bang. It was just the most amazing experience ever. I did see that you went back to like save the day a couple times with the show. What is that? Twice, twice. What is that pressure like? Oh, it's terrifying because the first time I went back, it was three months to the day that I'd left. And I've not done the show in three months. And and the thing is, I'd sometimes forget the show after a week if I've been on holiday. So imagine three months not doing it. I was sat on the train going over all the choreography. And, and when I left as well, they changed some bits. So it was different. So I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to have to relearn this stuff. And I was trying to go through all my lines. And if you asked me to do it now, I would never be able to go back now because the show's, com- it, yeah, again, it's completely different. They've redone things that I w- I'd probably get wrong. Um, so, oh gosh, it was so, it was terrifying. Um, but I didn't get time to be nervous. I remember people asking me like, were you nervous? I didn't get time. It was fight or flight. It was like, maybe can you do the show? Right, okay, I'm coming. And where's the choreography? I need the script. I need, I just went into like beast mode. I don't remember until like actually getting off the stage afterwards and being like, wow, I just did that. That's when it hit me like, wow, that just happened because I just was on autopilot just just to get it right. Um, and then and then obviously I went back like two weeks later to London because I did one in Manchester that did one and then I did one in London just after Christmas. And um, but I didn't have to go over anything then because I I remembered it. Um, so all I did was get off my train, go and get ready, put my costume on and go and do the show. Like I didn't, it wasn't as scary as doing it when I when I'd not done it for three months. I remembered everything that I needed to do and I was just like, I was like when I said to the girls like can we just run over the first scene? I'd, can, I'll just go over my song with Casey downstairs. Like, I wasn't nervous for that. I just went on and did it. <laughs> People are probably so excited to see you on. People couldn't believe it because obviously the Arts Theatre had like kept my name and stuff. Like, they'll still have it to this day. Like, obviously, if I say if I ever did, went back or I had to fill yeah. in or something like that. Like, some um, other people not believing that because obviously rumor mill and things like that. Yeah. We were like, oh, who's going to go on tonight? And everyone was like, oh, I bet it's going to be May. And then people obviously got to the the theater and my name was up and people couldn't believe it so they were buzzing <laughs> that's amazing i'm and i'm sure there were many fan moments of the show that like stand out to you do you have like a favorite that you you'll always remember oh the sing-along that was something else that was just crazy and i remember um what well, a woman came up to me i remember um i, I don't think it was a sing-along i can't remember when it was it was just like a, a, a normal stage door and we were chatting away and she was just saying all these really lovely things, but like things that were like really hitting me in the heart. I was like, Oh, Oh God. And she was just like, I think she even said to me, like, you must, like people around you must be so proud of you. And there I was, I was crying, crying my eyes out in the middle of the stage door. 
and I just thought that and it's so nice that for to know that you have like an impact on somebody else's life just doing what you love to do like you're not even really yeah trying and you're you're helping people and so it is it is really lovely yeah and everyone loves sick so much so it's mm-hmm. like to this day you still make an impact on people's lives yeah who are fans of the show because people will go back over and over again to C6 yeah definitely so before lockdown started you were set to be in a show called cases Cases. <laughs> and it was I saw it had happened in 2017 but it was a new musical that was going to West End theater so so back in so yeah back in 2017 I think it was um Dom I'd say finished writing this musical and, the, and wanted to do like a workshop wanted to um like promote his work and they did a I want to say like a cabaret kind of thing um with four people obviously playing the characters and cases um they did it at the phoenix arts in london and just like invited loads of people just to see it and just to get the word out that he was writing a song writing songs and writing a musical and stuff and then after then i think he went back and did some like rewrites and wrote some more songs for instance i think at the time say it only had 10 songs and now it's got like 15 or 16 songs let's say I can't remember how many it is, but like I'm just throwing out a number. Like he yeah. wrote more songs and he tweaked things and stuff. Obviously, that's what happens when you're yeah, musical. Like you, you go back and you work stuff and things like that. Um. So yeah, then in the last, so it was like around this time actually. So around this time a year ago, um, I got a call from a previous agent and was like, oh, um, this guy Dominic's been in touch and really would like you to be a part of his showcases. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then for so like I can't remember what happened, but we couldn't make it work for some reason. There was something I was doing something else at the time, and I had something else on, and um, it, I was like, oh, I don't know whether we're gonna be able to make rehearsals work and stuff like that. Because there was only four of us. They were like, oh, um, we're gonna work rehearsals around you. Like we're not gonna set a, a rehearsal schedule, and then the only rehearsal schedule we're gonna set was like two weeks before, so they could do like a proper rehearsal period for the show. Um, and then I remember it was like the last week of January. And we'd already decided like I wasn't gonna be able to do it. I was gutted because I was like, oh, I really wanted to do that. Um, see, this is what I mean. Everything happens for a reason. And then I remember it was like nine o'clock on a Monday evening. And my agent, my previous agent, rings me, and I was like, why are they ringing me at nine o'clock at night? I answered. And they were like, okay, um, they really, really, really want you to be a part of cases. Um, they'll pay for your train ticket to come down to London tomorrow, and you'll start on Wednesday. And I was like, what? so literally bought me my train ticket Tuesday night I was down to London and then Wednesday I met everyone started learning the music and and that's when my Casey's journey started um and uh and then obviously up until the pandemic we it because we were supposed to run in April it got closed but I'm so glad that we got to do the cast recording together um me and Andrew and then Bobby Little and Waylon Jacobs they uh, came in in December well but Bobby did it before so Bobby did it in 2017 so she came back and did the album which was amazing um so yeah it's, it's just I cannot wait for everyone to hear it like I feel like it's just a masterpiece it's just amazing honestly I was gonna say I'm sure it's not over I'm sure it'll come back when theater when theater does come back yeah fingers crossed like I really am hoping that this is this isn't like this is just the beginning of cases um I really do hope that we get to do something with it because it'd be gutting if not because it's such an amazing show and I just want everyone to see it like even if I said to Dominic I was like even if we just to get to do like 
one what? night at the Palladium or something. Um, that would be great. Like I was just like, even if we wow. just did one night just for people to see it, oh, it would be amazing. And he was just like, oh, like I don't know. I'll have to see if we can get it to work. And and obviously, I know it's that whole thing at the minute. It's like, as and when, as and when. Yes. Yeah. So, what can you tease about cases that like give people a reason to come see the show when it does happen? I'm gonna put it out when it does happen. When yes, when it does happen, the music. The honestly, I cannot wait for the album to come out because the music is unreal. And the songs in it are just gorgeous. And the, that my favorite songs to sing now, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're just the message that they have in them, and and it's and it, the thing is as well, it's a new musical. That is one yeah. enough reason to come to come and see a new musical people, like new musical people's writing and stuff. And and Dominic, I think at the time, like last year, I think even still now, he was going to be like the first um, black British composer to put on a piece of his work at the other palace like and like how amazing is that so I think I think if I'm right that is the the correct um title but like what an achievement yeah and and I said to I said to Dom even last year I was like whatever happens with cases I am there for the long run because I want to be a part of this and how amazing for someone to want you to be in a new show like that's every theater performers dream yeah I am such like I love new musicals I'm I love anything new I love new writing I just I just want to like champion and pioneer like new work um even if it's not me in it I always want to be like yes new musical share it everywhere just not, not saying anything wrong with like long-standing musicals it's just so nice to see other people's cra- creativity have a story um, and being able to tell that story as well that yeah it's, there's no better feeling. Speaking of long-standing musicals you touched a bit on Rent at the beginning yeah. and you were supposed to do it live on stage but they figured out a way for it to happen during this time period. How do you think like how did people come together and like ring together and make it happen make the show happen? Oh by the seat of our pants um obviously we all worked so hard but those last couple of days was very much like we're just trying gonna try and do everything we possibly can to film this so yeah it was one of them like let's pull up your big girl knickers and let's just get it done because otherwise we didn't know if we were going to have the opportunity we we because when we got told on the Saturday that it was going to be closing as of that week we weren't clear on whether we were able to even actually fully open the show because we were in previews. Like we were supposed to have like six weeks to film the show and it'd be put together and then be broadcast. It wasn't going to be a matter of two shows that were going to be put together. It was going to be loads of different shows that were all put together. Um, So it was very much like, right, let's pull up our pants. We've got a job to do. Um, But it was just whenever and however and by hook or crook if that can come back I will be in it there's no two ways about it I will be 100% going back into that because it was just I need to I've got this thing where I can't I need to honor my projects I can't just abandon them I need I need to close the book on it um so that like with cases as well I, I until I get to perform that on stage that is not finished for me until I get to open rent and do my run I'm not finished I'm not finished 
and I'm sure people will be happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, I would go back in a heartbeat. If they told me tomorrow we're opening, I'd say, right, okay. Okay. <laughs> when? Pay me, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do two shows at once. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. What an experience. Like, that was like such a passion project for me. It's one of them where I was like, if I ever get to do that show again, because I did it when I was younger, like life made and the opportunity to do it again, because obviously I know it doesn't come around often. Yeah. Yeah. It's the character like, of Mimi too. Yeah, dreams, dreams, dreams for me. It's iconic. What was your favorite song to sing in it in the show, Rens? I know you didn't get to do it long, but what was your favorite show song to sing? Oh, um, I loved singing out tonight just because I really loved like the um like the way we went with it. Um, I had so much fun singing that song um, and being able to perform it, like perform it, well, I can't even speak, um, but being able to perform it like in the way we, we created it together. I, I just, yeah, I just love doing that. And um, I love doing Without You as well, because singing with Tom. Uh, yeah, that's my, one of my favorites. Tom is just something else. So the first time he ever opened his mouth, I literally was like, as if I get to sing with you, like, what a good day. <laughs> thank you. I was like, thank you. Thank you, everyone. I remember saying to him, I said to him on the first day, I was like, you're going to be so easy to fall in love with. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the chemistry is going to be so easy here. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thank you for making my job really easy because you are amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. So I always get curious to ask when people portray roles that have been around for a long time, how do you, how did you make Mimi your own and then put your own spin on it? Oh, I think, cause I've done it when I was younger. I not like, I can't remember how I did it when I was younger. Cause I was like 16, but I just remember like the way I felt doing it. And I, not that I wanted to recreate that, but I knew there was so many more like layers to Mimi that like don't get shown. Um, because Mimi, I think people just think of her as this young, naive girl who works in a strip club and is a druggie and is on a, a, a really bad path. But I like have so many other feelings about Mimi and I feel like she doesn't get the credit she's due. And that's what I wanted to show during like my portrayal of Mimi. I wanted to show her that people that like, she's so much like stronger than you think, like, the, the drugs she takes and the path she's gone down, it does not define her. Um, and that's like with any situation in life, like something that happens to you, a situation that happens to you does not define you. Um, and that was very much the stance I wanted to take with Mimi. And I hope it came across. <laughs> it It's what makes theater special, live theater, that people get to see different people playing iconic roles like Mimi. Mm. So like seeing you put your own spin on it, yeah, I, I wanted to show Mimi's, like, extreme highs and the, her, like, low of lows. So I wanted to make her highs even higher and her lows even lower to really show that, like, like she's just human. It's what happens in life. One minute you're, you're up and then the next minute you're down. Um, and I just had a lot of fun with me because I feel like she's just a little bit silly. She's just, she's not, like, people forget she's 19 years old. Yeah. She's not a woman. I'm not saying you're not a woman at 19. That's not what I mean. But like, you still got so much more to experience. You're not even reached your twenties yet. You've probably not met everybody you're going to meet. She's so like bright eyed and bushy tailed and so probably ready for the world. Um, and 
yeah, she's just she's just so excited by everything, isn't she? And, and she's so spontaneous. And I always said that I would love to, like, if I could take something from Mimi, I want to take a spon- spontaneity. She doesn't, like, not that she doesn't think before she does, but she just, she lives in the moment, like, no day but today. She's really there. She's she's not here to mess about. She's here to live a life. And if she wants to go and do that, she'll go and do that. And she'll reap the consequences later. But it, she just lives her life and has fun while doing so. And I think that's the best thing about her. And I wish I could take that part of it from her. Exactly. And uh, you've played so many iconic roles and you've <laughs> gotten to do basically everything in such a short period of time. Like you've gotten to be in original shows, rehearse for original shows that are, yeah. that are still going to happen. That's still going to happen. Yeah. What's your dream role that you haven't taken on yet? Oh, I would love to play Dina in Dreamgirls. That would be really cool. I'd love, oh my gosh, Dorothy and the Wiz. That for me, one would be Dorothy and the Wiz big time. Um, Yeah, I would would also really like to be Kathy in Last Five Years. Yes. I'd really like to do that. Yeah, I'd really like to do that. Um, What else would I like to do? I think they're probably like my main three. I think I was gonna say speaking of emotional shows that make you cry like we're in the last five years oh my oh, gosh I saw last five years and I was like 16 in this like little like venue in Manchester and it was amazing it was amazing I loved every second of it and I think from then I just loved it <laughs> it's so creative yeah it really is I'd love to be in songs for a new world as well to be fair oh okay even though what they're not really called like characters are they they're called like players or hey it's still yeah. it's like still. character one or whatever <laughs> i have to know i have to backtrack a little maybe but what's the funniest thing that ever happened on stage during six that might oh, not be funny then but it's funny now there's so many so many um and that's eyelash fell off mid show Amy's glasses once popped out of Holbein and I turned to her and she had no hole in one of her glasses and I was gone. I was laughing. Millie always used to do things to make you laugh. Always. And if you ever like dared Millie to do anything on stage, she would do it. Like <laughs> she would do it. Like she would live up to it hundred percent. She doesn't mess about. Um, yeah. Millie always used to make me laugh. Amy used to Irish dance, which really used to make me laugh. Like, honestly, there was so many things, so many. We used to have a ball on stage. We really, really, really did. That's why the fans loved it so much, because they saw you all having fun. And we were just, like, being us. But half the time, we were just, we were just being us. <laughs> and they, they see it. They see the real chemistry. They see the friendship. They, they see girl power on stage. Yeah, exactly. That's why it, that's why it became what it became. Mm. So... You talked, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but how do you work on self-confidence in this industry? Because like you, as you said, you can get a role and you can like get a no for another role and it's still heartbreaking. I think one of the biggest things is like, I say, like I listen to my own self, but like not comparing yourself to other people because obviously that is really gonna like put a damper on your confidence. Um, And I've said this quote like, for the past couple of years and I'll say it again and I've said it on a past couple of zooms and stuff but like you can only be a second class somebody else and a first class you um you can only give what you've got don't try and be somebody else that's not your strength that's like 
why would you ever want to be somebody else when you are you? Um, and that's easier said than done because I have done it. I still do it. I still compare myself. I still say, why can't I do that? Or, but look what I do have to give and give that side of it. Give what you've got. Um, and just believe in yourself. And I know that sounds so fickle and so like throw away, but it is that it is that self-worth thing. It is that I know what I am worth. I know what I'm capable of. It's your affirmations, really. Like, I am strong. I am this. I am that. Like, it's the I ams. And play up to that. And and set yourself targets and goals that you're going to absolutely smash out the park. Because, and I also say with confidence as well, do something that's outside of your, of your comfort zone. Because ultimately, that will make you more confident. You, 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 never, you will never find comfort and confidence in your comfort zone. Ironically called your comfort zone true so you gotta like stretch yourself yeah you won't ever go to your full potential and your full ability if you don't like you say stretch yourself if you don't push yourself if you don't put yourself in sometimes uncomfortable like situations um because you're you're only going to come stronger out of it so yep and I feel like you got to learn also to not be like your worst enemy because I feel like you all like you all judge yourself harder than anyone else. Yeah, the self-critique, I always say, like, I can I can take criticism, don't get me wrong, but that my heartish critic is me. Yep. Not you. Not like like I am my heart I am my harshest critic. I don't need you to to dampen my work because don't worry, I do it for myself. So it is that. And it's also another thing of like not really listening to what other people say. Obviously, if so, if someone notable is coming up to you and you're giving you some like really good advice or someone that you really care about and and really knows you, then fair enough. But someone that doesn't know you, don't let their comments get into your head. Like, if someone comes to see a show you in and writes a review and you get a bad review, so what? It's one person's opinion. Everybody has opinions. That that opinion does not is not truth. Yeah, I like seeing shows for myself. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't like reading reviews anyways. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest. So do you have anything else that you've been working on during this time, during this weird time, whether it's theater related or not, that you'd want to promote or talk about? Well, I've been working with the girls and we're doing seven. Oh. We've got some exciting things coming up, which is fun because um obviously with everything going on it's really hard to obviously get together and things like that so we've been obviously like planning some things for when we like can get together and and can work things out which is really fun because it gives you something to look forward to doesn't it and and obviously gives us something that we can give back so yeah we've got some fun things in the pipeline for seven which will be really exciting obviously now finally cases has been um announced which we've been working on which i'm just really excited for that I really, really, really am. And I just cannot wait for everyone to see it because it, or hear it or whatever. It's just amazing. It really, really is. So that's just so exciting. Um, and because it was a like a pitched idea that Dom said to me like last June and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I didn't hear anything for like six months. And I was like, oh, it's not happening. And then he, he randomly messaged me. Like I've been in contact with him, but he randomly messaged me being like, are you free next Tuesday? And I was like, yep, why? <laughs> He's like, we're going in the studio. I was like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> So yeah, cases seven. Fingers crossed, Ren, when the ancestors answer my prayers. <laughs> it, it's all gonna happen. It's all gonna happen eventually. Theater's gonna come back. And speaking mm. of theater coming back, what are you most excited about when live theater does come back? 
live theatre. You've just said it. Like I cannot wait for to sit down in a theatre and just hear an overture and the curtains. I will cry my eyes out. I will cry so hard because I don't think anything will ever replace live theatre. And I, I do think it's fabulous that over these past couple of months, I will say, couple of months, the past year, yeah. that like yeah. theatre has become more accessible because of it being online and things like that. But I don't think anything will ever, ever, ever take away from the magic of live theatre. Um, yeah. So I can't wait for that. The adrenaline, the the inspiration you feel like, oh, if I could bottle that and rub it on my skin, oh, we'd, 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 it'd be world peace. It'll be world peace, I'm telling you. It's so special. Like virtual theater is great, but you don't hear the applause. You don't, you like, yeah, you're it's just not, like, it is amazing, but it's just not the same. And you always hope that like it will transcend through because obviously like films, it happens in films, but obviously films are tailor made a certain way cinematically. When you, when a musical's filmed, it's probably not filmed in the same way as a, as a film, a, a film film. So like you always hope that you can get it across. And that was the scariest thing, obviously, when filming, like Brent, for example, is hoping that what you do on stage transcends across camera yeah. and screen and all of that. So, yeah, nothing will take away from live theatre, and I can't wait until I can sit my booty in a seat and watch some theatre. Yeah, and hear the candy wrappers and everything annoying in the audience. Yeah, people so coughing and things you know? like that. I don't mean coughing, like, ill, but I mean, you know, just people clearing the throat and <laughs> struggling past you because they're in the middle and you're at the end and, and the ice cream yeah. in the interval and things like that just I yeah I worked Frozen last year at in Hollywood and I to hear like kids coughing in the audience yeah like people clearing the throat and and like say rappers go in and, and the, all sorts yeah it's like they were so annoying at the time but now I'm now I'd look if anything to hear it <laughs> now I miss them so where can people follow you on social media to keep up with what you're up to and what you're going to be doing in the future yeah definitely my instagram definitely my twitter m-a-y-j-q-b um that's me <laughs> it rhymes get to now um yes. so yeah definitely my i probably say my instagram and my twitter definitely they're like my main platforms i don't really use any other platform um but my instagram you will definitely be updated on everything i will be up to on there 100 percent. give me a follow <laughs> Yes, I'll put the links in the description and in the lower third. So for everyone, <laughs> and probably follow seven as well, but because there'll be definitely some updates on seven cases. Ooh. Seven, follow them too. Yes. So thank you so much for talking to me on this. It's anytime. Been fun. It's been fun. I I was so glad to have you on and talk about six and everything because. God knows I've been listening. I listen to the sixth soundtrack on repeat all the time. Oh, bless you. <laughs> it, it's so good. It's one of my favorite musicals, even though I haven't seen it live. Oh, I can't wait for you to see it live. Then you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to love it even more. And I'm going to be like, okay, now, now I'm even more obsessed. <laughs> Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!